And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 78 today, Unidentified Season 1 Review. Uh, we have our buddy Matt Tiller back. Uh, you can check out his YouTube channel at Tiller for Riller. Um, you can also check out our website at MikeAndMauriceMindEscape.com. And our Patreon page is Patreon.com slash MikeAndMaurice. Uh, what's going on, Matt? How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. How have you guys been? Good. Oh, wonderful. That's great, great, great. Cool. Um, so what did you think about overall uh, about uh, Unidentified, the first season? I was thoroughly impressed. Seriously. It, um, you know, I know for, for people that I collaborate with and have discussions with about this topic, um, almost daily, a lot of the information was rehashed things we already knew. However, you know, that, that I got to experience some of these things for the first time through the eyes of the public. It's almost like uh, a story that uh, your family might tell about you when you were a kid, you know, you probably heard it all your life, but when you, you know, you go to college and you can tell some of your roommates or whatever about this funny thing that happened, you get to relive it uh, through their eyes and through their experiences again, by seeing their smiling faces or their shock or bewilderment. And so I thought it was good that the general public got to, to come in and be a part of this conversation that we're all having now. Um, <clears throat> there were some uh, tidbits I didn't know about. And so those were surprises. I got to tune in every week and kind of see uh, what's, what's going to happen next. Um, when they would give like the, um, the previews for the next episode at the end of the, the uh, previous episode, I got, I kind of saw where they were going. Like, um, if anyone was paying attention to some of my posts on social media, um, I knew that they were going for Rendlesham Forest in episode mm -hmm. five. So I immediately, um, went to my local library and checked out, uh, this book actually, I read it years ago. It's, um, Encounter in Rendlesham Forest. Oh, yeah. Ooh, That's a good story, it's... baby. Oh, man. This, I mean, th there's a lot of things that they did not address in episode five about this actual event. And yeah, a... there is some new stuff too, right? I think, um, um, not Peniston, but the other one, the other guy, Burroughs, um, Burroughs claimed that he had been taken in a craft or so somehow something happened to him that wasn't mentioned before. Cause we actually, uh, yeah, on our downloaded information. Yeah. Our other channel, ancient <laughs> secrets, we did a video top five UFO sightings of all time. I think it was no, we hit it at mm -hmm. number three. Um, and there was a lot of information out there already. Obviously there's been, um, documentary, short documentaries. There's an ancient there's aliens show. episode about it. There's show, you know, like there's different stuff, but there was actually some new, information on there um that i'd never heard before um also i would have liked to see them some guy came out recently i think he's like a journalist in the uk um who claims that it was the british air force playing a, a um a prank 
on the American uh, Air, Air Force because <laughs> yeah. the, the Americans did something to them and they that was like a retaliation. I forget. I don't know. It was all in good jest, but apparently they, but it just based on what I've heard from, you know, Colonel Halt and his memo um, and the mm-hmm. different stuff, I felt like, um, I don't know, it just sounds like uh, more disinformation put out there. So, you know. Here's something interesting. Um, apparently, whoever checked this library book out last played the lottery because I just found this like empty lot, <laughs> this used lottery ticket <laughs> stuffed in the the book. Hey, man, maybe I go like you know online and recheck this thing, and yeah. you know what? Hey, if I win 150 million dollars from this bunk lottery ticket, uh, yeah, I'm gonna hit the town. Like I'll win a limo. <laughs> We'll do something. We'll get, I don't know, tacos at Trump Tower or whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and maybe that might, might be the restaurant of choice for a lot of people. Whatever. I'm just joking. Anyways, um, back to encounter at Rendlesham Forest, not encounter with the local lottery. Um, binary code. They never talked about this binary code download stuff. Yes. Yeah, That's what Peniston touched the craft and he saw flashes of a binary code that would that downloaded and he saw in his dreams and stuff. And I think that's what you're talking about. And then yeah. years, years later, Linda Moulton Howe uh, had a binary expert help him transcribe it. And it seemed to be a message from time travelers. I know that sounds crazy, but um, <clears throat> things like yeah. eyes, eyes of your eyes, origin year 8100 there's a lot of stuff like that that came out Aren't of there's some locations like yeah the great pyramids um taishan ku all, all sorts of different places there was uh one of the pyramids in mexico too i think in Tenochtitlan. yeah and crockle belize as well if i'm not mistaken yeah. um and also if i'm not mistaken when he jotted all this stuff down <clears throat> they tried to get um, a binary code expert to examine it, and it just it was just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And it wasn't until about 15 years later, around the new millennium, you know, the year 2000, that binary code was updated and improved. And after this new and improved binary code, they came and looked at it again. And most of the messages decipherable. But yeah, you're you're correct in that it says something like um, to ensure the get a like, further planetary um, yeah further something like ensuring the survival of the species or something yeah. to that effect. <clears throat> but that that does bring into to question um, the whole issue of time travel, and you know it's. I've, I've talked about this before and, and I don't know if uh, I don't honestly don't remember if we've talked about it before or not, but um, you know, Dr. Um, Knuth who used to work with um, NASA and has done some uh, presentations for the um, scientific, the scientific coalition for unidentified aerial phenomena studies. And um, he's presented his findings and, and, um, knowledge and theories for other uh at other conferences and things as well one uh, most notably was in germany not uh that was very recently <clears throat> he says it is possible for us to attain interstellar travel even traveling at like 133rd the speed of light 
that it's still possible. And there are certain conditions under which our um, astronauts or chrononauts would have to to travel back and forth to locations. And of course, the uh, the whole concept is, yes, you can travel some odd thousand years into the future, but you can't make it home on time for dinner. But don't ching. But um, so, yeah, I mean, we're all familiar with how, you know, according to the uh, theory of special relativity, which is um, relativity in the absence of gravity, where time travel into the future can can be attained relative to the traveler. <clears throat> but isn't this, they always say like, because the arrow of time, you can travel possibly hypothetically forward in time, but not backwards in time. And this situation well, would be backwards in time if it's something mm-hmm. coming from, you know, obviously the future back to scope us out or whatever. I mean, I always, whenever we talk about this kind of stuff, I always think about like, think about like Jurassic Park, except maybe in the future, some advanced civilization sends their kids back to learn about the universe by just sending them here and like some sort of, you know, like in Jurassic Park, they go through the tour and everything like that. I just think of it in that kind of a term where maybe what there's not to do. Yeah. Not, not even that. Just like, it's like live history, you know, that's basically yeah. what it is. Like imagine going, taking Epcot, a spaceship in real life. or a bubble and going back to like the revolutionary war or even dinosaurs or whatever, you know, like that's kind of the way I think about it. I mean, it's crazy and by no means do we have that technology, but that's what I think about when we talk about that kind of stuff. I totally agree that um, I think your first um, type of time travel will be viewing only and like, like a bubble you say Um, it'll be tourism. It will be similar to um, the days in which you would be walking along the boardwalk by the beach and you come up to um, a machine called a Nickelodeon. You put a nickel in, you put the cloth over your head, and some guy turns the pictures, and you watch the moving the movies, moving pictures go in front of your face like a flip book, and you watch the, the movie on the Nickelodeon. <clears throat> so it might be such that, you know, you go to your IMAX uh, 3D theater seating or stadium seating, you know, or whatever it is. Movie in one theater and you go to your next theater and you're like time travel back to the Revolutionary War or even uh, for some people who want a more like meaningful experience. It might be like, you know, if you the crucifixion of Christ, you know. Uh, on screen. I mean, we, hey, Mel Gibson did it, made a lot of money. <laughs> what if we had like the actual, <laughs> here's the, the real passion of the Christ. So, um, at any rate, to talk about the logistics of that, <clears throat> there's different ways you can look at it. Um, okay, I know we talked about this at some point. There was uh, some place in Rome. Where like the you know like it was a cathedral and there was a basement constructed, and right where this basement and new floor were constructed, there used to be a Roman road, and then one day they saw like Roman troops <clears throat> marching or charging through the floor, so their feet were down in the basement running, and then like their tops were above the floor running, right or marching. And so it looks like an impression or an indention in time or like, like a repeat in time. So <clears throat> is it possible 
that two strands of time or two events in time uh, somehow got so close together that they bled through and that you're seeing an indention almost like someone's handprint coming through the wall, you know, uh, but maybe coming through the air. Um, yeah. I mean, I think of that kind of stuff as more like psi research type stuff where it's, um, yeah. you know, possibly some sort of memory of, of trapped in somehow that area or whatever, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Well, Rupert, Rupert Sheldrick's morphic resonance is kind of along those lines where it's like stuff, you know, um, having a memory you know like somebody going into a music studio like um mm -hmm. muscle shoals and and yeah. there's so much amazing music that's been created there that it's it's like seeps into the wall you know like i think when you described it the first time that's kind of what i thought of i didn't think of as much of um anything like ufo or mm -hmm. extraterrestrial or really more just dimensionally or possibly mm -hmm. something out of the out of our um, spectrum of understanding, you know, so that's kind of what well, I thought. When this is the way it's related to the UFO phenomenon is that the, the aircraft, um, the exotic aircraft, they fly and behave in, in such a way that when they, you know, like enter our reality or our dimension or even just, you know, our airspace, they are manipulating time and gravity. So when they enter, it's almost like poking a hole through the space time continuum. And it's like things get inverted and twisted around. <clears throat> so wherever you have these craft that are entering in certain spots, there, there's hot spots around the world. Um, I think uh, Lou Elizondo was working on a, a map or a database to like, show where these hot spots occur one of course is um between catalina island in california and guadalupe island in mexico that was in uh, episode three i believe it was that they discussed that um is that so we're vile of vertices at all um like the bermuda uh, triangle or there's i don't think you're, i think you're talking about that uh the zone in mexico and arizona yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm talking. Um, it's 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 in uh. No, no, that's what Maurice is talking about. Oh, you're, you're talking about Guadalupe, which is actually that I know it from. I knew it before they showed it on the show because that's on Shark mm -hmm. Week. That's one of the main islands where they investigate cool. uh, great white sharks. They have like <laughs> right. the largest great white sharks in the world. They're like twenty feet long. So Jaws. Uh, <laughs> Now someone's going to say these Tic Tac UFOs are great white sharks. Oh, <laughs> That'd be awesome. Sharknado. Let's yeah. do it. Let's look at <laughs> flying, baby. This shit's actually a It's a documentary. We didn't know. <coughs> actually, they, that episode where they, they're, um, I think they're, inv they're talking with the scientists that work, uh, the, the marine biologists and stuff. And they're like, yeah, the lights we've seen could not have been any sort of bioluminescence or some sort of creature or anything along those lines. It's more um, along the lines of just something unidentified. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is until they crash to the ground, or until you see them really up close and you, you observe them operating in a mechanical way, like a nuts and bolts craft, mm -hmm. or even uh, or even I mean doing things that like that a shark can't do like a shark 
cannot fly at 445 miles an hour at 25,000 feet above sea level. I mean, like a shark can't do that. So what is it? And to say it's a shark or a bird or a flipping balloon is, is erroneous. It, honestly make someone sound foolish when they make those those well it's a craft right i mean it's it's either it's either part of it's ours and it's part of some hidden military industrial complex craft Mm -hmm. program or whatever or it's another country's or the third which i tend to lean towards based on what we know something not of this world or possibly of this world we just don't understand what's going on you know like like crypto terrestrial or like you know they always see them going into the ocean there could be stuff under the ocean floor there could be um that what are they the big thing is the breakaway civilization and i know tom DeLong's alluded to it something about the ancient greeks and something along those lines but it's very cryptic like what does that even mean you know yeah the crypto terrestrial uh basically like the Atlanteans would have been crypto terrestrial, um, that they were a elusive human, human, uh, civilization, but they, uh, you know, just re- remain hidden. Like crypto is hidden or, uh, right. like, you know, un- unknown or elusive. So terrestrial meaning like of earth, but they're just, you know, kind of keeping to themselves. <clears throat> Um, just uh, real quick to to end what we were saying about time travel into the past. <sighs> there was a scientist that was talking about the source of life. It was some documentary about life and evolution and the source of life and the eternal nature of the universe. I don't remember the scientist's name, but he said that he believes that the pattern of life can be seen in the way energy is dispersed and he thinks that it can relate somehow to the big bang or the hot what's called the hot big bang or something. Um, I'll get into that another day, but a tree with the no cosmic, leaves, uh, probably... the cosmic microwave background. Yeah. We I mean, we've talked about that kind of stuff before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the hot big bang is a little bit different. Um, but anyways, um, basically with a tree, you've got the trunk and then branches, a lightning bolt, you've got the primary root of the, like the trunk of the bolt and then and it branches out. <clears throat> so I start, one day I started thinking, all right, let's picture the universe as like a giant tree. Okay. Um, so what do we see in a tree trunk as far as like time is concerned? We can cut the tree down. You can look down at the trunk, you can count the rings on the tree, and you can tell about the environment at that time based on those rings. All of the rings make up the same tree. Every ring tells you a little bit more of, of a story about the tree at that time. Right. You can see periods of like massive growth or small growth. You can see if there was drought, maybe if there was even um, like if there were toxins or something um, in the atmosphere. And you can judge how old the tree is by its rings and by things that were happening. So what if we're able to, like, if the universe is like the rings on a tree and we find ourselves in in one ring pattern, if we were able to skip over to a different ring backwards, closer to the root, right, 
that could explain why sometimes <clears throat> when people report to see uh, a ghost or an apparition of someone who's recently deceased, they sometimes appear like in full color. And, but then it seems like the further back you go into the past, you're seeing like, you know, a grayish apparition. You're seeing like someone looks like they're wearing a sheet. Uh, someone that's only like half appears. Sometimes it's just a dude's arm. Like, what's that all about? You know, the ghost of an arm. Is, it's like thing from the Adams family. His ghost. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hand running <laughs> around, man. <laughs> thing. I mean, that's an yeah. interesting way to look at it. I've seen the. Um, the memes out there where it shows like a, a super um, far away shot of the universe. And it looks like a neuron or like, like brain yeah. connect, like uh, synapses. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually kind of, what, that's kind of what you're describing a little bit. Um, I mean, that's just that guys as above, so below, like when you was talking about the molecules of the DMT. Yeah. I mean, we all oh, think yeah, about right. it. Are we just neurons or cells and some other giant yeah. thumbnail yeah, yeah. um That's but uh so so let's go through this real quick so sure. season one the first first episode and second episode were kind of just like them interviewing you know for david fravor and i forget the younger guy's name that they were interviewing uh but then it just does a little bit of background on tom mm -hmm. DeLong to the stars academy Lou it's a it actually a lot of it centers around luis elizondo yeah. um That's and cool. uh, you know, he um, he got a lot of flack. There was a lot of people putting stuff out there saying that he was never part of any or he wasn't the head of ATIP and any of that stuff. So, I mean, we can talk about that, too. But um, so there's a lot of stuff swirling out there. Um, mm -hmm. And then you've got uh, Chris Mellon. Um, you know, you got all these guys. I did not. I don't remember seeing was Hal put off at all. I don't remember seeing him at all. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think he, uh, I think he was more of an extra. I don't think he had a speaking role. Right. I did see him. I saw him on camera and they, um, they said who he was, but, um, how, uh, from what I gather, usually just kind of keeps to himself or he's not really outspoken. And right. I, you know, I respect his his privacy. I'm not. He's gonna... in that Third Eye Spies documentary about mm -hmm. um, Russell Targ, yeah, and remote viewing and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I didn't really see much. I was just, I was just curious because there's a lot of talk, especially I know some of Tom DeLonge's interviews that, and even the the book God's Man War uh, about consciousness being at the forefront of this whole thing and how you know. Um, and how it's connected. So I was since Hal Putoff was part of the SRI remote viewing, uh, you know, um, program, and he's all in, intertwined with that. I was just expecting to see more of that. Maybe that's season two, or maybe that's further down the line. I don't know. But maybe this was just a, a like a initial. Let's just get people acclimated to this idea, and then we'll start, mm -hmm. you know, getting into uh, the details. <clears throat> um. From what I understand, uh, and this is just my own intuition, um, I, it, it seems to me that season two is a very probable um, possibility. 
And it, it would surprise me greatly if there were not a season two. Um, I'm, I'm almost certain of it. Uh, I mean, and again, that's, that's, that's my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to come. This is what I would encourage people to do. There's, there's a ton of information that's already out there. It's just people don't want to take the time to listen. And really, that's what it boils down to. I was watching a YouTube video today about a guy who was debunking uh, Bob Lazar's interview with Joe Rogan. And I could tell real quick, he didn't even listen to the entire interview because he was saying things that, that even in the interview, like the documentary aside, even in the interview, some of these things were already addressed. And I'm thinking like, bro, you, you did not just go like I could tell maybe like maybe he was daydreaming or something or he lost his attention. Whenever that happens to me, I stop and I go. No, those debunkers yeah. never really yeah, follow. Yeah. You know, they're, look, if you want to put skeptical yeah. stuff out there, that's fine. But do watch the whole thing. Read the whole book. Yeah. Watch the whole series. Do your homework. And then you know, mm-hmm. okay, this is BS. I think I know what you're talking about. I'm not even going to mention the yeah, guy's yeah. name because I didn't think you did. Yeah, no, he's a nice guy. But <laughs> and he, I mean, you know, he, he wasn't being like disrespectful or anything. And he was saying things like, you know, in my opinion and blah, blah, blah. But it was the things he was saying were like were pretty easily refuted. At any rate, um, it's a lot of the information is already out there. Uh, Tom DeLonge did an amazing interview with Jimmy Church on Fade to Black. And right in the middle of the interview, um, maybe at the one hour, 20 minute mark, uh, I think it is when Tom really starts talking about the, the whole consciousness aspect. And he said that he was going to meet with someone and I, the, obviously the meeting has already happened because this interview's a little old. Um, but he was going to ask a guy a question about consciousness and Atlantis and things. And his question was basically, you know, back in the times of ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, were we able to fend the fend for ourselves more and like fight these, push these, evil entities or, or whatever they may be like, like were we, were we able to push back the negativity more because human consciousness was elevated so much more. And maybe that's, maybe that's a problem now. And why, and again, I, I'm postulating this, this, this is me asking this question. Would that be why people talk about like the abduction phenomenon. I mean, you really didn't hear about that until like Betty and Barney Hill around that time, like the 1960s and stuff. And just grew and grew and grew. We never saw that before. But yeah, then again, John Mack did a lot of research on that too. Uh, he, was well, yeah. Harvard, he was the head yeah. of the Harvard uh, psychology department, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's yeah. correct. He and Bud Hopkins as well. Um, we're doing a lot of the, the well, yeah. Okay. That, another time. But Back to the things Tom was saying, it's like of the entities that could potentially want to be mean, it's it's a little easier to keep them away when we're happy, when we're laughing, when there's something about the the joy and happiness of the human spirit that 
is pushes the negativity back or pushes the the, the bad entities back. Or um, I, I don't want to say too much because number one, I don't want to misquote. Number two, I don't want to mislead. Number three, I don't want to give fall like a false lead. But yeah. I would just recommend for anyone go li- listen to the faded black interview. In its entirety, if you find your attention has faded, back it up 10 seconds or a minute and a half. Just Tom shares so much good information. And when you then you will be able to see very clearly where all of this is going. And it's good. It really is good. Um, in order to get to the good, we have to face the fact that there is some bad part on humanity for, you know, for, you, you could say it's top down, it's bad leadership down to the, to the people. Um, you could say it's some people that are just trying to make a buck. You, you could say some people are, you know, have, have a lucrative business of uh, misinformation and disinformation or whatever you want to say, regardless, <clears throat> we've got to, to separate fact from fiction, truth from reality, and just have a, a big, massive global conversation about like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Yeah, because the first two episodes, like I said, the background, those were just background yeah. uh, information and stuff that most people that follow this already know, but it would have been new to people just tuning in. So that's why it's good. So episode one, episode two, and then you get to episode three, and it's the um, Catalina Island and Guadalupe and the weird stuff that people have seen, you know, in that area off the coast of uh, <laughs> California. Um, and the lights and everything by the water. Um, and then you get to episode four five and six and you start to realize they shift from just information to, I don't even want to say there's an agenda or it's, it is an agenda, but just that it seems like it's more threat based than, and there was a lot of people talking about that online on Twitter and stuff like, Hey, are these things threats? You know, cause I know, um, there's different takes. I think Stephen Greer doesn't think that they're threats. He thinks that we're threats and we're causing them to be a threat by our own actions, you know? So maybe, maybe so. Right. And whatever it may be, if it was provoked by us or if it's just a huge interplanetary misunderstanding, like culture shock on both parts, we don't understand them. They don't understand us. We've got to figure something out. <clears throat> um, or, uh, someone was saying that uh, the um, Italian researcher that they got that they had that was talking about the um, the little laser ray being shot at the helicopter and things like that. Right. That um, that this man has not been able to back up his claims. Um, I don't know. Um, I wasn't part of the meeting. I wasn't there. I don't know how he backed up his claims or not. I do know that they, you know, just based on what I saw on the TV series, Lou and Tom were given a a flash drive with like all of these cases going back like 70 years or so Mm -hmm. of documented cases. The, the format of the documentation, um, 
uh, you know, resembles um, similar types of reports and I've seen before. A lot of us have, and uh, it, it looks legit. I mean, I'm just going from what I see on the screen. It looks legit. I have no reason to doubt the man. Um, I think what Stephen Greer says uh, also makes a lot of sense. Perhaps we're the one that, that fired the first shot or threw the first rock. Maybe well, so. It's not only that, right? It's like a like a court like we're quarantined. <clears throat> and there's actually some mm -hmm. esoteric and ancient texts that kind of talk about similar <clears throat> things that you know, even mm -hmm. religious themed things that we are quarantined here because we don't we're not like pure you know like we have some sort of animalistic nature you know if you look at mm -hmm. you know evolution and how you know chimpanzees and um you know are, are the primates we can observe today a lot of them are pretty vicious towards each other and that's our past or at least part of our mm -hmm. past or ho however you want to look at it um so in that essence, like we do have this like warring tribal mentality that maybe, you know, let's say these are extraterrestrials. Maybe that doesn't exist anywhere else, or maybe that's specific to us and the, the way, you know, you know how we talked about Bob Lazar and element 115 and how, you know, that could have been normal there, you know, like a stabilized element 115 here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be the same way in terms of like our, um, our nature, you know, so, um, that, that's a possibility, but I also think too, we've done some crazy, what is it? Operation, um, is it starfish prime or something where we shot a nuclear, try to shoot nuclear weapons up in space or at the moon or something like that. And, yeah. um, I don't know, I'd have to look it up, but, um, but yeah, so we're, we're doing also like, that's the other thing about us is, is, you know, human beings, we do a lot of tests and stuff that, you know, even if it's not good or we have a feeling it might be harmful in some sort of way, we still have this like curiosity or some sort of mm -hmm. drive to do these things, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. I don't know. I just think that that's kind of embedded in who we are. Maybe <clears throat> we need to change, you know, maybe you look at what is the, um, the scale, you know, well, go ahead. Maurice. Starfish Prime is the yeah, name of it. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, not Ultimate Prime, but Starfish. <laughs> what does Prime. it say? What does it say on there? It was a 1962 high altitude nuclear test conducted by the United States. Mm. Ba ba ba. Let me. Mm. Uh, launched, launched from Johnston Island or Johnson. Oh, I would love to have Operation Optimus Prime. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We might be dealing with that. We just don't. We know. do. It's a Michael Bay movie, yeah. man. Come on. And Optimus's prime's hard as Element One Fifteen. <laughs> wow. Oh, get out his flipstick and let it swing. <laughs> um, no, but so so that's what I think about. It. I mean, look, we're jumping, you know, around right now, and we're jumping ahead mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, I think that's yeah. that's a good thing that the that unidentified the show. That's what they. I thought that was they did a good job of just introducing basic information and putting it out there and um, mm -hmm. letting people see it. And it wasn't just jumping to the most advanced concepts, you know, because oh, yeah. we've talked about this, you're, yeah. you know, talking about with your friends and your family. And I've talked yeah. about it with friends and family. And some people are interested in it, some people aren't. Um, the yeah. people that are becoming interested in it, you can't just tell them the most advanced 
shit right away, they're not gonna. It's not gonna grasp, you know, or it's not gonna latch on. You you need yeah. to spaceship made out of Jello. You right, right. So, um, so that's kind of the way I look at it, is they did a good job of just introducing it, and then towards the end, though, they made it seem like a, a perceived or possible threat. And we've talked about that. I think the last time you were on. These things could be a threat or they couldn't, or maybe they are like us and some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them want to help. Some of them want to hurt, you know, you mm-hmm. know who, are, who are we to say, you know, like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's they, whoever they are, um, whoever else might be out there, are probably just as varied as we are. Most human beings around the world are regular, hardworking folks, just like us. You know, there are some who are just freaking awesome. I mean, they're the ones everyone looks up to. And there are some who are just just bad for whatever reason. Uh, they have decided they're no good at being good, so they'll be good at being bad. And they just want to be bad. You know, they want to hurt, uh, plunder, and pillage, or whatever it may be. So it's very probable that uh, extraterrestrial life outside of our planet we, it would be the same way. I mean, you're going to have those who want to enlighten, those who want to help. You've got those who are probably complacent and neutral and say, well, you know, our planet officially will not waste our time trying to improve the quality of life on Earth because they don't even know. They think they're alone. Ha, 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 ha. Right. Probably someone will, you know, blow us up and take us over and use our resources. I mean, who knows? But for some reason, it hasn't happened yet. I think it that also- that would have already happened, especially yeah. now mm-hmm. look at what we're finding out about these asteroids and Mm-hmm. Uh, me- meteorites and how much there's one that has more gold on one uh, meteorite than we have on our entire planet, you know? Oh, so wow. it's like, yeah. if they were going to mine or need something like that, mm-hmm. or like, you know, the Zachariah Sitchin, you know, he obviously went a little crazy on the, uh, the, uh, yeah. interpretation, the, the deciphering, but uh, yeah. But if you want to say that, well, why would they do that when you can do that? other places and not have any pushback whatsoever you know exactly um this is my my take on all of this basically like if we're if we're gonna hit the hit the fast forward on the on the netflix here and just go all the way to the very last minute of the last episode of season one million this is this is my honest theory i think that time um time repeats itself and it's possible to travel backwards in time to what's more like a ripple in time or an after effect of time and it's possible to like the further out a ripple gets the wider the waves become to where it's almost nothing but i think it's even possible you mean like gravitational waves or yeah i, I don't even know <clears throat> pardon me 
No, I think I think the nature of the universe is, itself, where we see lots of empty space, I think it might be more like um, the, a consistency of liquid, not meaning that if you or I, you know, travel outside our solar system, that we're going to go swimming. That's not what I mean. I just mean I, I think that um, all of the um, the atoms the subatomic particles, the molecules, whatever makes up the universe is, um, is held together somehow through waves or wave patterns or, um, or interference patterns. And that, that goes back to something called the double slit experiment, but I can get into that a different time. No, we um, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, how, how it relates to the nature of time in the universe is a, l- a little bit different, but I, I think, that obviously we're um, we're not alone in the universe. I think that the signs have been there for a long time, but neither us nor anyone else is is able to fully communicate. I think that some people on Earth, at least, are privy to the fact that that is the case, but even they are not well equipped to deal with it. And so they just kind of push it aside and don't pay it much attention. I, <clears throat> I also think that um, something, someone, um, you could call it divine. You can say it's crypto terrestrial. Something has been defending our planet and keeping us safe for a long time. I don't know how long. I think that just as how we find a remote tribe way out in the middle of the rainforest and want to, you know, send them Bibles um, or supplies, clothes or food rations, that there are probably um, human type of species that want to do the same with us and have. I think there are others that have learned the same lessons we have, which now these days, if we find a remote tribe in the rainforest, we leave them alone. Because history has shown us that when we do make contact, they usually get our diseases and something bad happens. Mm-hmm. So I think Columbus. <clears throat> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and so I think that that might be where we're getting the impression that we're being quarantined. It might not necessarily be. It, it might be for our benefit that if if we're being quarantined it might not be a quarantine we might be purposefully left alone for a while for our safety for our benefit i don't know do you think it's like the the kardashev scale where it's like we're not even to a type one civilization so there's type one civilization that uses its own planet or star as a power source Type two would be you using your own solar system or whatever, and type three would be like the galaxy or whatever. So, um, do you think it's the, we're not yeah. even at the point yet where we're at the most base level? Or that's interesting. I I, I think that the um, that the planet rating scale is only applicable to Earth. That's it. It's until we have other planets to compare ourselves to, we we don't know. It's a it's a good concept. 
Michio Kaku said that the internet is like a, um, a level one communication device. It's like a global phone. I mean, you can call anybody anywhere, communicate yeah. anywhere through the internet, which is great, but that's barely at level one. I but, say it's like a modern day Akashic record. Cause it's got mm-hmm. the history and the information of everything in there, you know, good yeah. and bad and, and different right, wrong, everything. For real. That is true. Uh, I just, I think that we're going to be surprised. It, it, again, if we're pushing fast forward on the uh, on the, the going to the very very last minute of of season one million, um, we're going to go around and we're going to find species that are less developed than we are. We're going to find uh, humanoid um, and non-human looking species that are more developed, equally developed less developed they won't have the same things that we have they might have similar versions um they may eat food or they might breathe food and eat air i have no idea i believe some of them will not be able to come to our planet because oxygen will be poisonous to them but then they will breathe methane they might look like us very very similarly they might have similar pigmentation to uh, our races and ethnicities here on Earth, but it's methane-based and not oxygen-based. How is that possible? I have no idea. It, it's just it's it's a thought experiment. Um, I also think that we're going to, that you know, and these are all my ideas, just thinking in in the future. I mean, yeah, all right. these ideas they might might be dated, and if anyone wants to. Say I'm a moron. Allow me to say this. What idea is the least worst thing anyone could say to me? Who gives a shit? This is all speculative. This is all speculative, anyways. You you have the balls to speculate, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, you're always going to get trolls. Those people obviously, their lives are miserable. I don't, I could care less about trolls. If you have an imagination, okay. Well, then if we, if we had no imaginations, then where would Christopher Nolan be, right? So, right. Yeah, anyways. I think we're going to find beings of light or that they appear to be just light to us, maybe like a band of light or a body of light somehow. I think we'll find entities that appear to us like, like angels, um, others that we might not be able to see because their color spectrum um, doesn't reflect our light or absorb our light in the way that our eyes can see. Perhaps we will encounter a, a civilization that we can see, but we can't hear because their voices are too low or too high, and we'll have to devise some sort of way to communicate. How is that possible? Not exactly sure, but I do remember that in episode six, the, uh, the Italian uh, researchers and officials said that they found a radio frequency that they could send out that would seem to attract the aircrafts to them. That is step one in communicating. If we can teach dolphins how to communicate with us, if we can teach Coco the gorilla sign language, they can teach us crop circles. Come on, man. You know, let's do something. You know I mean? If we could, if we could send the radio. What do you think about that? You think all, I mean, cause they've shown that just two guys, a wooden plank and some rope. 
can all make right. some pretty intricate stuff. I'm not saying that all of them are obviously. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying like what do you think about <clears> that? Do you think there are crop circles that have no um like have they ever done any studies where they've collected like radiation or something to prove that it was not done by two dudes in a plank and some rope? <laughs> yeah, the, there's a I actually watched a video today there was a guy on um Vice the YouTube channel that was talking all about it. And at first I was like, okay, here comes the myth buster. But no, this guy has some pretty cool stories to tell. Uh, he said that he has seen these unexplained like orbs of light around some of the crop circles after they've appeared. Um, I've seen studies in which they've gone in after some appeared and like the, you know, the crops are like bent all the way down. There's like a, the Giger counter or Geiger counter or the radiation right. stuff's like going off the wall or going up, it's elevated. <clears throat> but then there's other stories like that whole area, they have like plane tours and things like that. It was broad daylight and this uh, tour guide was driving, you know, dri driving, flying. <laughs> he wasn't driving in the sky. <laughs> he was flying over this area and they just did a loop and they came back. And within about like three minutes time of just doing this and coming back, there was this huge crop circle that had just appeared. And he said, there's no way that any human being in broad daylight, even a big team, I mean, you would see them like driving away in their trucks somewhere, you know, there's no way they could have done that in three minutes. And with them, looking i mean any minute they could have looked back and been like oh look at all that that team of people with planks and boards and trucks you yeah. know could be some sort of uh <clears throat> technology that you know we invented too that you know i always I, wonder i always wonder too because like what's mm -hmm. the benefit of us pretending like our government or the military industrial complex like what's the benefit mm -hmm. i always think about this what would be the benefit of them doing that I think one would be to protect technology that they've invented or somehow came across or whatever. Two um, would be that we're always in, in the lead. We're always advanced. Because if you look at what happened with the Germans in World War II, we were close to being leapfrogged and possibly not even being here right now. You know, like if we didn't come up, uh, you know, if Oppenheimer didn't, you know, develop the atomic bomb you know and we didn't yeah. drop it there's a good chance that uh you know it could be like that show man in the high castle right now yeah, yeah. you mean what's the advantage for for the government doing crop circles or what's the well, just all of it like why yeah, like because i've even oh. heard there's there's been speculation like with the cattle mutilations that that's us oh, yeah. doing that or the covert ops doing it for disinformation or to creep people out or you know like what would be the benefit of creeping people out and i think it's to not to creep us out but to creep everybody out because if we believe it other countries are going to believe it if other countries believe it they're going to stay at bay they're not going to try any bullshit because they know we're going to fuck shit up i think regarding the crop circles that and this is my best guess who knows man but it seems to me that there it might be something okay look going back to Rendlesham forest that this this aircraft appears or you lands whatever it's from 8100 is uh doing these time travel operations to ensure the you know survival of the species right. and if that's if that is a future mission 
to to go back in time to send you know drones or whatever to collect information and take it back to the future to make sure that the the time strand that we're on stays pure and you know and, and it's not that we're not going to destroy ourselves or whatever to ensure our survival they might use crop circles as certain markers uh much like how law enforcement um like undercover bus and things like that have something called color of the day where it's like if you're going to go in for a bust and there's people there that say like no, no no you know we're part of this too we're we're cops too we're in on this and then you say okay what's the color of the day and if they you know yellow or whatever then right. you know, right so it could be a way of them of them seeing this pattern and in this pattern there's some information to gather or it could be that the uh the pattern is laced with radiation markers to where we're just you know with our geiger counters are sensing radiation maybe with the right instrumentation you could see into this pattern and read a three-dimensional message maybe even layered or like a cube or something mm-hmm. that tells you this is the day this is the time strand this is what's going on this is the weather this is your mission go find this information or do this or whatever i've seen the debunkers say that it's like uh possibly like ball lightning and it creates some sort of geometric pattern but if you look at some of the 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 crop circles there's no way that that's ball lightning like if it was just a big circle or a couple circles or whatever i could see maybe Mm -hmm. uh but some of that stuff's so intricate it's like somebody's either making it somebody's making it whether it's extraterrestrial or terrestrial i guess i mean i'm sure it's a mixture of both you know just like everything there's a truth that lies in between and Mm -hmm. it's hard to decipher it that's all all right so yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so to recap here, we've got episode one and two are background stories with um, pilot testimonies from the USS Nemitz, the Tic Tac video, the Go Fast, all that stuff. Um, episode three is Guadalupe Island um, and Catalina Island and the sightings and the weird stuff that's happen, happening that's around all, there. That's also the introduction of Sean Cahill. Super cool guy. So... Uh, looking out for him. All right. And then, uh, yeah, then four is Rendlesham forest. Um, and five and six begin to unfold this notion that maybe not as, not all is well and good. And maybe that there are some things going on. I mean, it seemed like though, from that, this episode six was where the Italian, the Italians were, uh, briefing us on their experiences over Sicily. I think it was the two, yeah. early two thousands or two thousands. 2004 or uh, 2006. So, yeah. and, and that was obviously that's the 2004 thing's interesting. Cause that's when, you know, the Nemets and all that stuff. So obviously there's, there's a timeline going on there, but, um, in there, the Italians were briefing us saying that, um, these things shot some sort of beam at one of their helicopters that didn't crash it or anything. It just, knocked it off its thing and it had to land so my thought on that is that's not necessarily evil like if you were evil you'd blow the thing up or um Mm -hmm. you know shoot it down or whatever so maybe i don't know it's just it's one of those interesting things to think about so um and that's why i go back and forth is it extraterrestrial is it terrestrial because it might be us if it's us yeah, we're not going to start a war with anybody. We might just want to test this technology out and not really hurt anybody. You're, you know. Well, no, I have a friend who 
his dad was in the Air Force, and he and his little brother pretty much grew up in Bolivia. And he said one day they were walking home, and they were just ganged up on by a lot of the little boys in their neighborhood with water balloons. And they were all like, for some reason, everyone was having these water balloon fights. It might have been like a holiday or something. Right. So he and his brother went home soaking wet, but then they had a wagon. So they got their wagon and loaded it up with water balloons and nice. went back into the neighborhood and just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> just, right. When they got done with that, they went back and refilled their wagon again and came back. And then the, the Bolivian kids didn't want to fight with them anymore. Maybe that's the situation. Maybe we in throwing the Italian missiles at, at and they're throwing them back or whatever it is. Um, maybe it was uh, that that was the case. You know, if we have our EMP technology and we're trying to get better with it, I know that beamed energy propulsion is a thing. Quantum, quantum entanglement and being able to weaponize it or use it as a weapon is a thing going on now. Uh, it could have been back then, too. It could have been experimental. Um, we could have been freaked out because they invaded our airspace or less the way we see it. Just how when I step on an ant hill in my own yard, I invade the ants you know, ground space and they want to bite my feet. So if we fire at them, maybe that was their way of firing back at us. Mm -hmm. Another thing I've thought about some of the missing 411 experiences, you find like a human being with like just their legs or their bones sticking out or something like some really macabre things. But then I think about how do we treat insects? I, I just like, you know, and then there's this mutilated insect corpse on my desk. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I just like totally destroyed this insect's life. His, half his body is smashed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes with a, a fly swatter, I remember one time like I hit a fly in, in such a way that it split in half. So like the fly's butt just like, like was on the ground. I don't know where the rest of the fly went. But... <laughs> What if uh, in the national parks, what if we get a little too close to their territory and that's essentially what's happening is, you know, an unseen, more powerful entity is just, you know, right. I, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. There, there's so many unanswered questions. It's a very exciting time, I think, in which we're living. But it's also, in my opinion, it's a time in which we need to purposefully not back down in fear. We need to actually do the opposite, and we need to get happy. We need to hug each other, love each other, shake each other's hands, high five, spend time with our friends and family. We, you know, sing, laugh, joke. Don't forget what it means to be human, because we're we're losing that. And I think that's our greatest asset, seriously, is coming together as human beings, not div dividing ourselves, which is so, it's always so easy to do. It's so easy to find differences and, and separate into groups because of our differences. At the end of the day, we all yeah. need food, we need air, and we all need friends. But that is part of us, well too. Well said, though. my friend. Well I'll said. I will say this 
what I agree with what you just said wholeheartedly. But uh-huh. like I said in the beginning, when we were talking about our origins and evolution, we are part animal still too. Um, yes. So what you're saying is um, like the more modern aspect of our like the civilization and in the you know the concepts and the philosophy and you know love everyone and let's help everyone out and like that's amazing. But we all of us have this like primal animal within us too that's that's why you see people fighting on facebook and twitter all day that's why you see people fighting around the world that's why you know so um i agree with you we should definitely shoot for that and we should ultimately be searching for the truth whether it's us a different country or extraterrestrial it shouldn't matter there's something going on and we need to figure it out um i believe it's something not of this world or connected to that somehow um, but I am open to being wrong, as we, you know, always say. I mean, I, I think that's where uh, knowledge goes to die. You know, is when people start to pretend to have all the answers, or I know this, I know that, this is what I believe. You know, wholeheartedly kind of stuff. So, um, or blind faith. You know, but um, yeah, but uh, I appreciate you coming on. I know you got a little bit of a cough and a cold, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was uh, traveling around. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Let's get to that before we get off. No, no, no. Because you saw some cool stuff. You were traveling in Europe, and you got to see some some of the art, especially with some of the UFO stuff and some of the arts. Definitely. It was an absolutely amazing experience. Uh, It was with a a group of of other like-minded people, uh, you know. And uh, so... Our last interview that we did, I was actually in a hotel room in Madrid, Spain, which is pretty pretty interesting. You know, I mean, that we we tried to do it at JFK, I just didn't work right, out. Yeah, that that was not. It was better that we waited. I thought it was a better episode. So. It was an odd coincidence, though, that see, we were supposed to do this um, this big trip over spring break, so that would have been like in uh, like April, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, between uh, yeah between March and April. And, um, um, instead it got pushed back to, um, to June, July. And that it just worked out that, uh, you know, season, the, 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 the season was coming to an end and episodes five and six aired. And when episode six aired, I was actually like in Rome, kind of where it all takes place. And some of the some of the That's buildings awesome. that they, yeah, it was a really cool coincidence. Some of the buildings that they had in episode six, like I was actually at those places about like twenty four hours later. Um, and it, it it was pure coincidence because I didn't get to watch um, I didn't get to watch episode six until July the seventh. Um, you know, later that night, just because I didn't have really good Wi-Fi and stuff like that. But anyways, um, it was, yeah, it was just, it was so cool. It was surreal really to think, you know, they were in these places. Lou and Tom walked like these same streets. Um, we're, we're at such like a pivotal time in all of like the phenomenon and the discussions and where we're going to go next and, and people coming on board and just at least acknowledging that the phenomenon is real and then it's like here i am at a pure coincidence so anyways going back to um some of the things i saw the coolest thing i saw 
was actually what I did for my very, very first live Twitter broadcast. And that was a painting that's this, it's a Madonna and the child with the infant St. John the Baptist. But its nickname is Madonna of the UFO or Our Lady of the UFO. And it's that um, it's at the uh, Renaissance Museum in Florence, Italy. <sighs> On the second floor, um, right past the Hall of Saturn, which is a part of the uh, Hall of Hercules. So you go up these stairs, you go around, you go through looks like this terrace and you go and you take a left and there's like this little nice little room and there's just painting hanging on the wall. And it's got, you know, Mary and she's holding Jesus. And then there's like John the Baptist. And then for some reason, like behind her, totally random, there's this dude like looking up in the sky and there's like a frigging UFO like in the sky. I mean, you could probably Google Madonna of the UFO and find a, a, a real good um, image for it. But, you know, if you um, I did, I got as close up as I could from where I was allowed to go. But if you um, find professional photographs, I mean, this people say like, oh, it's a cloud. This was the Renaissance, man. They were painting some of the most amazing artwork ever. You think they can paint a cloud? That's it. Yeah, that that's yeah. it. right? <laughs> like, I'm looking at it, too. That's yeah, no cloud, bro. That's that's, that's a flat not, earth. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even say that, bro, because that's a they're gonna demonet they're gonna demonetize just for mentioning it. So oh, Jesus. Um, no, there's uh but yeah, that that obviously isn't like a cloud. It looks like a UFO. I mean, I don't know. There's no you know. And there's the guy right right there underneath point like looking yeah. up or yeah, like it's know. something some something out of the ordinary. It's not like a normal yeah. cloud. Why would he be looking at a cloud? It's so so then like there was there's another one i can't remember the name but it's jesus and some some other saintly folks so they're coming in on these clouds but they're like disc-shaped clouds and they're like a yeah, they're all coming like that so that painting is at a um a church called um santa maria maggiore and that was in florence too so i went to go find it wrong church apparently santa maria maggiore is as common as notre dame is in paris like the name just circulates it's almost like saying first baptist in the bible belt right so anyways yeah, <laughs> yeah. or saint mary's in the, in the catholic church at all well there's this one i don't know where this one's located but <clears throat> this is also another one that's sweet yeah i've seen that one's really cool yeah there's that's a lot of uh, depictions of crafts in the sky. The, there sure. are, and see, so so um, the the one with like the fleet coming in is actually in Santa Maria Maggiore in Rome, and um, so I I didn't have time to see that one. It was uh, going to be like a thirty minute walk to get there, or a sixteen minute cab ride at the tune of like 35 bucks just to get there through Uber. I was like, no, I'm sorry. I cannot afford $70 cab rise. Yeah. Anyways, um, I started looking around. The point of the story is like, I started looking for uh, anything and everything in these like religious depictions. And, and I noticed that even if it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, it's a UFO. It's like, everything seems to go up 
everything comes from the sky. There's always a miraculous occurrence that's light from the sky. Everything. Right. Like anytime a saint appears, it's like light from the sky. And so why are these divine occurrences always accompanied with disc shaped clouds that are, that illuminate light and they come from the sky? It's just very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I would say because even if you think like, oh, like in the evolution of thinking and philosophy mm -hmm. and theology, that yeah, you think of God as up in the sky or how he's depicted as like you know a Zeus-looking character on a throne or, or on a cloud. But it's it's but you're right. Like, why is it always a disc or a circle with like a beam coming down? Like, why isn't it a, a square? Why isn't it erect? You know, like why is why it, is it not a flower? Right. You know, why do we not point to like that tree? Like God's in that tree. You die. You die and go to heaven, and you go inside that rock over there. It's always up, always up. I mean, you could say the stars and the night sky and things. Possibly. I mean, you know, we spend more time awake than asleep. But anyway, right. uh, last thing. This is kind of a funny story. I give a shout out to a kid who I nicknamed Kwame got ripped off in the streets. I'm going to tell a story. All right. So we're in Florence, right? And there was a, a kid in our group that uh, some vendors would not leave them alone. All right. So the vendor wanted, um, I think he wanted to sell him this, this poster, this like cheap replica of the Mona Lisa. Right. right. He said it was the real thing or? No, he didn't think it was a real thing, but he just, you know, wanted like five euros for it. So the kid had like <laughs> 20. And so he pulls out, um, you know, the, the 20 bill uh, thinking he's going to give him change. The vendor just like takes off running with his 20. And then he's got this poster. I felt bad for the kid. And I'm like, well, you know, I'll give you 10 euros for it, which is like gives him back some of his money. And we made a deal. And that, that's it. So I, but then I had to carry this poster all around Florence, all around Rome for days and days and days. I almost left it in the airplane. That would have been horrible. But I've got this poster. It's my little trophy. So the, the, the point I want to make here is this. That's a fake Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa that this is, a, it's not, it's, it's a poster. It's a cheap imitation. The Mona Lisa that that's, that that looks like is not even in Italy. It's in Paris. It's in, in the Louvre. Right. But where is the t twin sister of the Mona Lisa? It's in Prado, the Prado Museum in Madrid, Spain. I got, I saw that, that painting too. Um, so it's, it's like Leonardo da Vinci was an Italian artist. Yeah. Okay. So you might have lots of imitations and this is the, I allude to the UFO community in general. We've got a lot of BS out there. We have what we have more than that. I don't think it's intentional BS. I think it's like word of mouth BS, like the telephone game where you've got lots of myths and stories and things that crop up and happen. And you think, oh, some, oh, no, I have a contact. I have a source. And they told me this and they told me that. So it must be true. And it is true. And then five people later, it's a totally different story. We have to, to get real about the things that are going on. We also have to be. We, we, we need to be comfortable or expect that something we believe is going to be proven wrong. It will. I believe somewhere in all of this, I'll be proven wrong about some things too. And 
okay, um, if I'm wrong, then prove me wrong, but let's make progress, please. Like, I, we, we fight, we argue so much, we get our feelings hurt, we, we think we've got an inside connection or someone's doing misinformation for whatever reason, but we have to come together, continue to communicate, and get real with all of this information so we can make our planet better, you know? No, I agree. Nicely said. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think uh, I think it's definitely partly that, and I think also mm-hmm. the other aspect of it is the evolution of ideas and research. There's a lot of people that don't really do a ton of research or don't really look into things themselves, and maybe mm-hmm. they know a ton about this guy's work or this uf you know UFO journalist or you this UFO you know UF um, UFOologist or whatever the fuck you want to say but then, they, <laughs> but then but then they don't know like the physics or they don't know and not to say that there's not some other set of rules that we just haven't even discovered yet but just that um you got to you got to start doing your own research if you want I like I I guess that's where today if you look online there's just tons of people commenting on stuff that they really have no idea about. Not only have they not researched it, maybe they're right. Maybe their first glance over or the first perception of it is right. Maybe it is BS, but the mm-hmm. fact that they're willing to call that out and not actually look into it is just, it's lazy, number one. And number two, it's everywhere. Everybody's a skeptic. Everybody wants to shit on everybody. Everybody wants to comment and troll and whatever. Nobody actually does the the research and the homework, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we obviously appreciate your channel. So, you know, yeah. you, do, you definitely look into all this stuff. So check out his YouTube channel, uh, Tiller for Riller. He's got a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, definitely check out Unidentified Season 1. Uh, especially if you're new to the whole genre and, and research and stuff, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I think for people that are familiar with it, episodes four, five, and six were um, there was some new stuff in there, um, and hopefully, you know, season two will have uh, a bunch of new fruit to bear. But uh, again, thanks for coming on, dude. I know you uh, yeah. aren't really feeling well, and hopefully, you feel better. And if anything uh, develops here, major in the next, you know couple months or whatever we'll have you back on definitely i would love to love to do that i always love talking with you guys i wish you the best thanks for having thank me you on. sir yeah man. Right. have a good one brother feel better you too. Peace. Thank, you. thank you thank you all peace. right peace peace yeah